0: Listen, I'm just when I stop talking, you better be ready to go. I'm a game time player, Hank. Have I not not, said that once? You said it to start, and you also he forgets. Yeah, also added the addendum until I'm not, and I make you restart all of it. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm never not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing this once. You better do it live. I'm ready. All right.
1: Shut Shut up and sit down.
2: And welcome to the Week 14 edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell, here with Hank Piper, hey, hey. and tonight we have a special guest with us, Co-Defensive Coordinator
0: of your Mansfield Tigers, Coach Spencer Lino.
3: So, hey, how's it going? It's going great, guys. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey,
0: you're welcome. Anytime. And uh, you know, before we get into the conversation, as always, go follow all our crap on social media and iTunes, SoundCloud, all that at Black Swarm Pod on Twitter. The Black Storm Podcast on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, you know, subscribe. You'll see the uh, our pod—the episode will pop up as soon as it uploads, so uh, that's probably the best way to listen to us. And uh, also, shout out Simon Says, our sponsor, you know, J.P. Simon. Go down to Lincoln Way. He's on the, um, uh, the north side of Lincoln Way there. I'd love to tell you the address if I remembered it off the top of my head.
3: It's open now, too, man. You get down there.
0: Yeah, so
2: make sure you go down there, you know, get yourself some new apparel. Um, They have the new three-peat regional championship design out, so uh, make sure you go down there and
0: get one of those as well. So, yeah, uh, I guess we can uh, just get right into it, talking about the three-peat regional championship. You know, big win over Akron Hoban, 17-14. I think, uh, you know, we went into halftime at that score, and we all thought, okay, let's see some uh, offensive firepower coming out second half, and... Punt fest. There's there's two kinds of punt fest, really. There's horrible offense and great defense, and it was strictly great defense that entire second half. So that's kind of why we got you here, Lino. So, um, what were your thoughts like overall on the game?
3: Uh, I mean, our kids, man. Ever since the loss last year to Hoban, literally the next day, and I know as a coaching staff, uh, this started literally the next day. We we wanted to be in that spot again next year. We wanted revenge on Hoban because we felt that we outplayed them, and you guys all saw it last year. We thought we outplayed them in the second half, and to see a group of guys just buy in uh, for that long and and focus on that goal, and it wasn't just beating Hoban. Uh, obviously, we we wanted to be put ourselves in that spot and embrace the process, all that stuff. Step by step, each week, one week, one game, but just to see those guys set a goal for themselves, and and have that hunger and that edge about them for that long, and to finally capitalize on it, man, it was it was a special thing.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was a great game, and uh, I mean I know it's something that we've really been looking forward to all year. You know, it's that thing that's nobody really talked about, but we all knew chances are that you know it could definitely happen this year and you know i definitely agree with you last year in the state championship game that second half it it definitely seemed like you know we we kind of had some momentum going through the whole time um you know a little bit more ball game you know maybe we would have got there but um in general how was it different uh the hoping we played this year versus last year
3: well obviously uh, hats off to Hovind, man they're they're a great football team they were last year they were this year uh, you know what i mean i just think our kids man, i don't know if there was anything really different uh, we just really focused on little things that we had to do uh you know preparation throughout the week to get things done uh defensively we you know we switched up some of the game plan that that we had last year. Some parts were similar. Some were different. Uh, we 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 used last year's film uh, to really help us set up our defensive game plan. Uh, I mean, you know, the kids obviously bought into it. Practiced their butts off all week, and uh, you know, we just preached all week. We got to get an edge on them. You know, how how we practice this week's how we're, how we're gonna play on Friday. So the the kids really embraced that and bought in.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, I, I had a thought, kind of like right when we were walking in and saw the team warming up. I'm like, oh, we got these cats." Not because they looked any smaller or any, you know, any less athletic than they always are. It was just, um, in my mind, white jerseys with gray pants is not a look you carry into a big game. Right. That's that's like something you burn, you know, in an early game against a scrub team. Like not scrub, but you know, like we wore that against Warren this year against a. Uh, Glen Oak last year, that, you know, that's something you kind of burn early. It's a nice look, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you come into that icy whites or more team color. I, I, I'm going to be honest here, all right? <laughs>
2: yep. I have been on record saying how much I hate white on gray, mm-hmm. mostly back from my baseball days. But in general, I hate white on gray, and I had no idea they were wearing white on gray until you just said that. Yep. I Correct. think I, I
0: look I look completely past that. <laughs> nope. First thing I noticed gray pants. Oh I'm boy. Like, yep. We got it. <laughs> yeah. That's. I get it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it right. Came out with the all the all black man. You gotta love that. The oh, black swarm. Absolutely
2: oh, yeah. love it. Blackout. Mm-hmm. Um. In general, Maslin being the home team. Um. All playoffs long, you know. So, you know, being able to help have those home uniforms, the black jerseys, uh, makes it easy on the fans to wear black. Right. Um. So, I mean, that's definitely awesome. Saw a lot of black in the stands. Mass not a really good crowd. Um, so that's something we look, look forward to as well. Um, so diving into the game a little bit more. Uh, Hoban, an amazing team, right? Coached very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some things that you noticed that, you know, they might have done more towards us, like something designed towards our own defense? Was there anything that you saw?
3: Well, I mean... <laughs> Last year, they, they really got us in that uh, that tight bunch formation. They ran quite a bit of that, and they had a really good fullback last year. I know their running back. They had trained him last year, then number 21. I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. He was their other running back who actually took more snaps and trained him because training was playing so much uh, defensively. Uh, but their running back, I he, he ended up going to Wisconsin, uh, so – that was a big part of it. Uh, they were they're really good up front last year, um, you know. And again, like I said, we we really used last year's film to see how they would attack us and what they were thinking and trying to think of what trying to see what they would think we were gonna do, you know. And we dissected the uh, the St. V game a little bit because St. V's defense is similar to ours, uh, but they're a team who wants to to kind of get you out leveraged, Hoban. And they want to attack the the bubble side, you know, the, the bubble side of our defense, which is the shade five side of the defense. So we wanted to try to put our guys in position to kind of make it harder for them to attack that area of our defense. You know, And, and a lot of offensive coordinators will tell you, I guarantee you, Mazer and Trox will, will tell you guys uh, – certain plays certain situations you want to at least in the run game attack that that shade side so we knew going into the game that we wanted to have a game plan for that and we knew that they would counteract it they have they have a good coaching staff good offensive coordinator so
2: so the one thing that i noticed um and i'm sure there's great reasoning for this but maybe you could dive into a little bit better um than we could um one of our most recognizable defense alignments our nose tackle Manny. A lot of times, we saw him not on the field or on and off. Uh, what kind of schematics were we looking at to try to go against what they were doing?
3: Yeah. So de- depending on down the distance and and e- everything we do in our our defense, man, there, there's a reason for it. You know, and it may seem at times that that we're basic um and to be honest with you we all we are basic and we and we want to be basic we want our our kids to have simple rules simple alignments we want them to get after it Uh, but yeah there are some design situations where we have different personnel groupings on the on the field obviously we have our regular personnel groupings where you see probably more of the manny type guys in it at nose, and then We'll bring in some some more speed at times, depending on down a distance or, you know, depending on what what they want to do. If it's if they're on, I mean, we dive in so much. If they're on this hash, on this yard line, this down, you know, that's when we want to get different personnel groupings on the field. And nothing against Manny, because Manny, to be honest with you, you, could probably leave him in all game. It's not like he's getting tired. He's he I mean, he moves well for a big dude, man. You guys see him. Uh, it's just it's just another way to get some speed on the field and allow us to do some different things with our front and with our scheme.
0: Something else I noticed during the game um, is we, like you said, you know, we normally like to play base, kind of sit back and like let the guy just get after it from their own alignment, their own rules. Um, I fourth and six, that last uh, fourth down stop we had, we brought the house. And I think overall through the whole game, we blitzed a lot more than I've ever seen us, you know, blitz before. Right? Was that just was that for Hoban? Was that like a tendency breaker? What was the thought behind that one?
3: Yeah, there there was definitely some tendency breakers there. Um, but to be honest with you, we our our goal was to and it is every game uh, to stop the run, especially high school football. You stop the run, you win the rushing war. You win the field position battle, you are going to win the football game. In my opinion, I think any good coach would tell you that. Uh, but I think we, we we felt comfortable stopping the run, and I think they we we sensed that they knew that we could shut them down. Whereas last year we couldn't shut down the run game uh, for whatever reason. You could blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, uh, but I I I think we put them in some situations that they didn't want to be in. And their quarterback. Now everybody talks about training him. Uh, the running back. He's a great player. Their quarterback was a stud, man. I don't know if you saw some of the throws he made. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mobile. We did not want to allow him just to sit back there and tote the rock on and just and just throw it all over on. Him. So we had we had to find different ways to get some pressure on him rather than just rushing three guys or four guys. So I think that's what you saw there towards the end of the game.
0: When you get a guy like that, I mean, we stay too high, and that kind of that leaves you some ability to change up coverages and that kind of thing. Did we like change up, you know, switch up coverages much, or was it just kind of like staying back in our base, base pretty basic rules, and everybody just doing their job?
3: Yeah, like, and I said it before, man. And I think Coach Elder—I don't know if you checked any of the Avon papers up in the Cleveland area—he he said it as well. I mean, we're we're a basic defense. We defense. We believe in playing in our base. I mean, you, what you saw there is our base coverages we've been running since hell our, our scrimmages. Um, so we we want our our belief is not to we want to be basic uh, and. And I guess some people may think, well, if you're too basic, then the offense is gonna get a beat on you. Well, yeah, but also our kids are perfect and can perfect that simple scheme, and they know where to be, where the offense is gonna be, uh, where I need to align. You know what fit I need to have by by being basic and not overthinking things. So I mean. You you saw us playing our base stuff that we we've played all year long, and, and and that's not to say from week to week that we um we don't adjust for certain things that we're going to see offensively. You have to do that to be a good football team, uh, but our our base structure is always there from week to week.
2: Yeah, I mean schematically you know we're we're trying to stick to what we do and you're going to game plan around it on a weekly basis um with perry the week beforehand being a somewhat different offense you know i know Mm -hmm. it's not the traditional wing t but it's still different than what you see a lot um did that hinder your game plan going from one back to from perry to hoban or was there a quick transition
3: uh there there was a quick transition i mean Hoban was very good and, and very good offensively in what they they did, but they, they weren't overly complicated by any stretch. I mean, they, they came out and, you know, spread and wanted to run the football. Had a couple different – every week there's going to be some kind of funky formation offense gives you that you're going to kind of adjust to and plan for. Uh, but I don't know if that really affected us. I know, if anything, I mean, I think our kids, with how fast the run game was – uh, with the wing T man, I thought it prepped us well against Holman. Focusing us to read our keys. I mean, you guys know wing T, If you, if you don't read your keys, man, you're lost. So I mean, you got to be very disciplined. Uh, you know, and our kids take pride in that and understand. It's, it's that whole do your job mentality that our kids have really bought into. They know their role. They know their spot, uh, what they need to do.
0: Yeah, you said about, like, facing the wing tee and reading your keys, and that's when an offense is on schedule, when they're doing what they want to do. Um, And I think a lot of what Hoban did, what the quarterback did specifically, was he made a lot of off-schedule plays, you know, scrambling around, finding an open guy, or just running around making a play. Um, How difficult is it to prep against that, and how much do you have to prepare for that schematically versus, like, just knowing your guys are going to be sound and having an answer for that in your defense.
3: Right, and that always adds, you're exactly right, that ad, that adds another element uh, throughout the week when you know you're going to face a quarterback who can scramble around and run the football and run some, some zone read stuff, which to be honest, we haven't seen too many uh, true zone read teams, uh, option-type teams this year. A couple of them who've been good at it, but... Um, that, that definitely adds another element. You have to prep through, throughout the week. There's different things we can do schematically uh, to kind of, I guess, spy the quarterback. We do some different things, um, you know, and, and, and at times we'll, we'll get an athletic quarterback in there with the scout team. Our kids do a good job, and we'll, there'll be times when we put on the scout card, hey, quarterback, scramble around and get our guys used to, to fitting off of him.
2: Yeah, let's talk about the second half of that game where, you know, just the defensive battle. Um, Obviously, our defense did really great. You know, so did theirs. Um, Probably one of the first times that a lot of our players have had to go into that situation where maybe a shorter break than they're used to or a tougher situation. Um, I remember one point, you know, it seemed like both offenses were kind of stalemated. And our punter was out punting their punter right. uh, five yards at a time. That's what we kept saying. Um, but what kind of message did you have for your defense having to go back out there over and over?
3: Just keep playing, man. Foot on the throttle and and you know, you brought it up earlier, what what was different this year. I I think our kids were they weren't cocky, but they were confident, man. And you could tell kind of pregame, man, they were looking over, not not talking smack, but they were ready to roll. And and our defense, and we we knew, we told our kids all week we can stop these guys. We can shut down the run game. They if they don't score, they don't win. and that's our kids. That was that was their philosophy. And, every, you know, Coach McConnell and I, we were up in the box, and we'd tell them every time, hey, get them ready to roll. Keep going. Keep stopping them. Uh, and, and, you know, they kept fighting. They kept doing their jobs. They weren't trying to make the big play, do something crazy. They bought into what they were supposed to do on that individual play, and I think that's what you saw, man. The kids just buying in, uh, doing things right, attention to detail, Um Yeah, just proud of them.
0: So that's just like the attitude that that defense always has. You know, it's not like looking at the offense like, okay, we can't get anything rolling. We got to step up and do our thing now. It's just we're going to keep doing our thing. We're going to keep
3: doing our thing, man. And and just the the Black Swarm mentality, right? It's a podcast, right? It's a podcast name. The the Black Swarm mentality. Our kids love that. They eat it up, man. And and here's the thing, And, and kudos to our punter, as well that's huge talked about field position a little bit i mean for you know our offense it struggled a little bit but it is what it is that's going to happen we had to pick up the slack but you know i don't know if people people noticed how important that was that our kicker i know you guys do our punter man he was he was getting after it pinning them back and i mean that helped out a lot big time
0: yeah, like Rob said, you know, we were saying we were winning the field position five yards at a time. Yep. And honestly, I give game M V P to uh to Magnus. Yep. Just booming those things. and kickoff too. He put I think he put one in the back of the end zone at one point. It was like he had himself a game. It's the
3: best kickoff coverage team I've seen in high school. I am just being I tell Coach Jar that all the time. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I mean we definitely
2: won the field possession game there in the second half and I think that's ultimately what, you know, helped us. Um you know there's so many times in you know high school football where you put your punter out there over and over and eventually somebody shanks one or a bad punt or bad coverage and somebody breaks off a return and it completely flips the field um so i think us being able to gain those yards you know punt being a good play for us absolutely you know we're going down five yards at a time um with with you and mcconnell up in the booth um i know when we talk to the offensive coaches they talk about how they huddle down on the field mm-hmm. they talk real quick they all break up and talk to their kids um how is the relationship with you and mcconnell up in the booth together and then who are you relaying all your information down to um when our offense is on the field
3: yeah it's a good question uh, up in the bot we, we we get along great up there i mean there's we, there's no egos um on our defensive staff, once so everybody questions things, everybody listens and talks through things. Uh, I, I predominantly kind of watch the box up there, the the D line linebackers run game wise, and he kind of watches the shell. Uh, we also have uh, Coach Bo Grunder, who's at our middle school. I'm sorry, he's he's with our freshmen. He watches the far side routes that Coach Hack. And Coach Jar can't see. So Coach Hack, and Coach Jar will watch, you know, our sidelines, routes. I'll watch the box. Coach McConnell kind of he, – he watches probably more of the shell, but he kind of watches everything he call, he's p- calling the plays. Um, and then what, what I do is when I have an issue with, you know, D-line or linebackers, I'll relay that message to Coach Weber or Coach Simon. And really, I mean – uh, our stat, our defensive staff is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Coach Coach Weber, who I trust, he's coached inside <laughs> linebackers. He's typically the one I'll I'll talk to 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 get my linebackers ready to roll and, and know what they're doing. And uh, Coach Simon, obviously with the D line, then Coach Weber he coaches the defensive ends, and then uh, obviously Coach Hack and Coach Jar will relay the message to the DBs. But you know, just being able to Work with especially guys that coached me, Coach Weber, Coach Hack. I have a, you know, I mean, you guys played for him. I have a crap ton of res- respect for those guys. I still look up to Coach Weber to this day, man. Look for him for insight on different things. I mean, you talk about a g- great man, a great coach, two, two great guys on staff to have. So you have all these
0: guys, like, it's their responsibility for certain things and coach up the players and this kind of stuff do you have like any one coach that is responsible for yelling at the referees when they <laughs> royally screw up their or just blatantly ignore certain things going on in the field?
3: Well, we're, we're told now, obviously up in the box, I don't have that issue. I will Co- coach McConnell. And I will be, will be screaming in the headset at times when there's a holding or a legal man downfield, whatever the case may be. But that's a head coach thing. We try to just not touch that. Um, you know i get, i got guys get fired up and emotions get rolling but it can be frustrating you know especially when you're up there in the box you can't say anything or make any i guess smart comments but it is what it is you guys know that it's, it's part of the game you got to deal with it battle the adversity eventually the breaks even out you know and that, to be honest i don't I don't think the refs were all that bad towards us uh, in the opening game i thought they're pretty Pretty fair for the most part. The fans may not think so,
0: but I think overall it's been since Gateway in my mind they've just been bad. It's not like we're getting hosed or the other teams getting hosed. It's just in general it's been bad refereeing. Yeah, either like Gateway or Barberton, where you know guys want to get their showtime, you know, throw their <laughs> laundry on the on the field every other play. But we haven't been getting hosed, which is nice to see. It's just been yeah. horrible all around.
2: So one quick question. Yes. And then a real question. Okay. Um, so the last two weeks we've had a six man crew for refereeing. Is that abnormal? Is it usually five or seven? Am I wrong there? What the hell? I, I'll, be okay. I, I'll be honest. <laughs> I haven't
3: I even mean, paid attention. To I, that. I've always been under no, the impression. No, that's a good question. Yeah. I've
2: always been under the impression that it was either five or seven.
3: I, I wanna say maybe as you get deeper there's they bring a couple extra guys. Yeah,
2: I, I think it started at five, then they went to six, and I think uh, the state championship is seven, or maybe final th- four th- and state You're are right. seven. I think
3: they add more. I know my, my wife's uh, uncle, he refs, and I want to say he was at the Perry game, but he wasn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. one of the guys, but he was there yeah. doing something. I don't know if they bring guys in yeah. for extra help or have like a sub in case one of the guys gets injured. Or. Yeah, I
2: mean, I know they for bigger games probably in the playoffs they usually have a sub or at least somebody that in the press box that watches over the refs to Mm -hmm. you know yeah i know they're getting i know
3: they're getting evaluated um
2: but the one thing that i always kind of thought was odd is that they went to a six-man crew because i i i didn't think that was a normal thing Mm -hmm. so like when you're doing a six-man crew you're basically adding a guy into a new spot that's He's never done before, really. Right. Um, for that matter, in the playoffs, for people that don't know, a lot of these refing crews are made up of different refs that get voted on to become playoff refs, and chances are they'll be doing a different position in the playoffs than they would have done all year. Okay. So they might have been a side judge all year long, and in the playoffs, they become a back judge. And they're like, well, I haven't done this all year long, but sure, I'll do it. Um. So you know, that's just that's just for the fans. Yeah, you yeah. don't. Uh, you know, one way or another. It's but the actual question. huh. There's obviously a human element when it comes to referees in all sports. Is there any way that you can kind of prepare for that? Can you can you teach your kids ahead of time to ignore it? Can you practice? You know, getting held. I mean, what kind of preparations can you take besides just yelling at the refs?
3: Yeah. Number one, I think you got to tell the kids hey things aren't going to go our way there's going to be some bad calls you know we may get some calls uh so they have to be able to mentally handle that and as you know that's that's hard probably for a lot of high school kids to do so you have to show some some composure and some class in that sense uh but yeah uh there are situations where if we see a a fullback, for instance, or a, a tight end who's who's blocking down, or a DN or a, a linebacker who holds a lot on film. Uh, number one, you could tell the ref pregame or during the game, hey, you know, we're check this out. This guy's getting held, and then we we will. I mean, there'll, there'll be times uh, during practice when we tell those scout guys, hey, grab grab him. And I know I do it in my especially my individual drills. I have the scout guys kind of grab the linebackers and force them to rip off them uh there's i mean there's different things i guess you could do but i think the main thing is communicating to the kids hey listen we're there's going to be some bad things that happen in this game you got to handle adversity and bounce back can't elect let it affect your game
0: when you come into say a game like that where it seems like the refs are letting everybody play a little more you know can you tell your own guys like hey like, tell a corner,
3: hey, you, you can get a little more handsy with them. They're probably not going to call it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it just you want to stick to what you've been doing. Um, I don't know if you ever you, you tell a kid that during the game. I don't think you want to risk it, to be honest with you. You just kind of keep playing your game, I would say. I don't think we've ever really used that.
0: Fair enough. That's just my own personal theory right. of if you, <laughs> you teach a corner to ju- – Pass interference yeah, it, every play. The refs probably aren't going right. to throw the flag it, every play. It, it,
3: and you're right. I mean, you, you got to tell kids, I, and I tell my kids all the time. I mean, we want you being nasty in between the whistles. I, I'm not saying being cheap or anything like that, but we want you. to We don't want a bunch of, you know, choir boys out there, right? We want some some pricks out there in a good way. Uh, so I, I think that would probably be maybe a message we communicate. As long as it's smart, you're not being. A jack wagon is going to get us a flag. What was that phrase there? Or what a what a, a jack wagon. Jack wagon.
0: Jack, okay. No? Uh, no, I never heard that it. I heard jack and then something, and I wasn't sure what jack wagon. <laughs> yeah, jack wagon. Okay. Hill jack. It's clean. It's, it's a
3: clean term. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. I want to say I maybe got that from Coach Troxler. I don't know. I would believe that. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. It would fit. I can... Say him. it a little bit more confidently next time.
3: Right. I'm I'm put on the a little, yeah. put a little southern twang in I, there yeah, too yeah. when I say it. <laughs>
0: I, I can hear him calling someone a jack wagon.
3: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> that has happened. Yeah. Okay. Um so you brought up earlier about how since we lost last year to Hoban, that you know, getting back, playing, and beating Hoban was a big goal this year. But that was only week thirteen. We still ideally have two more games to go. How do you keep the kids, like you know, from like that what we see a lot that McKinley hangover type mm-hmm. thing from you know kind of crashing after this and r- keeping them rolling through these last two games of the season?
3: And that and that's a concern, man. And every year at the McKinley hangover going into Week Eleven, and definitely you could consider this win uh, one one of those types of. Of wins going into to Avon, uh, I, uh Saturday morning we brought in our kids for film. You know, we we watched a little bit of Hoban. You know, we talked about at least as a defensive staff. I'm not sure what the offense the guys did, but maybe watch a couple clips and put Hoban to bed, and we're gonna move right on to Avon. Uh, and, and we brought Preston in and and creek bomb some of those other seniors and said hey listen man what what's what's the demeanor of the team what's the attitude of the team do we feel like we have arrived in preston creek bomb richards those guys they said no we're not done yet so i i think just communicating to the kids like hey you set out a goal for yourself 15 for 15 we're not done yet yeah we achieved something that we wanted to achieve but, I mean, how many how many guys or how many teams have we had that have done what we just did last week, regional champions, right? You guys have seen it. Everyone's seen it who's listening to this. Uh, we want to go the distance. We want to win the ring. And I think that's been the message all week, like, hey, keep an edge. You still got to be hungry. You can't be satisfied. So I think just communicating to the kids – that message helps.
0: So with that, like, and we've had it the last two years, that the 15 for 15 and expectations around the program, at least the last couple years, have been high. And there's been other points in the, you know, in Madison's history where it's like, okay, we, we expect to win a state championship and anything less than that, like this particular season, is a bit of a letdown. What's it like kind of like riding – an entire season with that expectation, with that goal, especially back-to-back.
3: Yeah, and I see coaches on all levels go back and forth with this, and and I hear guys say, you know, we don't even want to mention state championship and winning a state championship. We don't want to put that in our guy's head. We want to take one game at a time, and, and I think there's some truth to that, but – I've always been a believer in setting a goal out for yourself. I don't think there's anything wrong with communicating to your players, hey, we want to win a state championship. And obviously that's this town's goal every single year. That's just the way it is. And I don't see anything wrong with that. And I know some coaches may say, you don't want to say that right off the rip and think too far ahead. But I I disagree. Now, obviously, uh, there's a process. Behind all that, and especially with this generation today, they think everything's going to be instantaneous and it's not. And you have to get kids to understand that there's a process to it the weight room, conditioning, grades, film, uh, two a days, all that stuff. Uh, but as long as you tell them and let them know that in order to achieve that goal, I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I, I don't see any th- issues with aiming high i think it's a good thing
2: yeah i mean we definitely have high expectations here Maslin, especially after the last few years you know three years ago we made it to the final four lost to a really experienced winwoods team last year got to the final four faced winwoods again and we beat them moved on to states lost to hoban you know so this year a little bit different because we played Hoban week 13 instead but we got there beat hoban you know so we're kind of carrying on year after year getting mm-hmm. you know net past that hurdle we couldn't get past the year before um so I definitely think we're we're right on the right track and we have the expectations um, you know you got to take it one week at a time 15 for 15 but you know there, there's a lot of numbers in the 15 you know you got to get past 12 13 14 in order to get to 15 um, I mean and with that this year number 14 is Avon so tell us a little bit about Avon. Um, they've been really good you know, for how many years in a row now. We just haven't really seen a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just tell us, you know how what the, what is their program like? What are we gonna expect on Friday?
3: And we've been telling our kids all week, man, Avon makes it to the final four. I, I mean however many years they've they've done it. Uh, they're undefeated this year. They're, they're a good football team. Um, we scrimmage them earlier in the season, or I should say the uh, the preseason for the past, uh, I don't know, three years at least I've been here. I don't know if we've done it before, um, but they're, they're a good football team. Their they're coach, Coach Elder, I, I have a lot of respect uh, hearing uh, Coach Miller talk about him. I think Coach Miller coached under him up at Avon. Uh, it just sounds like a good guy, a guy who who knows how to, to build a, a good program, a winning program. They have they have good athletes, um, they have good offensive linemen. Uh, and and they're they're not gonna quit. They're gonna be ready to play. And, you know, I I hear their coach preaching toughness and physicality. So I mean, he, he he's preaching right things to his players. So we gotta be ready to roll.
0: Yeah, on that uh, toughness and physicality, you know, and like what you said, he's a he, A good coach, an experienced coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading some stuff stuff up on them this week. Uh, Some things you know, I agree and disagree with schematically. Like he, like he says, he likes to roll in with like eight linemen that he'd love to start.
3: Yeah, I saw that.
0: But uh, I, I think I want my five, and then you rotate in. But I'm speaking into microphone, and he's coaching a team going into week 14. So you know, whatever. Um, But They've had a lot they've been really bitten by the injury bug. You know, their starting left tackle, that's uh I, he's got an offer from or he's going to ball state.
3: Uh I know he has an offer. Okay. I'm not hundred percent sure if, if he's, he's committed or not. Yeah.
0: But he's got an offer from ball state. Um he's injured out indefinitely. Right. You know, um yep. They're, they lost the first quarterback to an injury. He's out for indefinitely. Their second quarterback, who is a linebacker, I think, he broke his thumb. He's still playing defense, but he's got a club on, so he can't play quarterback anymore. So they're down to the third string quarterback. Last week they played a lot of Wildcat. Defensively, they've had a lot of injuries too. And, but they're still here. They're still in Week 14, and they're still looking and ready to attack the Mass and Tigers. So I think that speaks a lot to their toughness as mm-hmm.
3: well. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're 100% right. They're, they are banged up right now, and, and you can see the injuries kind of develop through watching the film. Um, and, and they've done some some different things uh, with the injuries they had. And you, and you said at number 18, uh, I can't remember his first name, but he was – their starter their second string guy after their starter went down, and he did some good things and then the next game you don't see him in and he's got a a club on his hand and only playing strictly defense so they came out last week like you said and and they put number 21 their running back and number one they' one of their wide receivers at wildcat and just tried to get the ball moving a couple of different ways um so throughout the week, you know we we kind of prepared for both defensively um you know we we practiced the wildcats stuff we practiced some of their spread stuff that they had shown prior uh th- it, you know at the end of the season there before their their starter went out so You know it's been a challenge this week but you know our kids responded well and we just communicated to them hey there's two different situations there's two different scenarios who knows what they what they want to do um so we got to be ready to go we had to prepare for both and and it's not an issue
2: yeah Yeah, i mean avon like you said they they have a few of those injuries and we really don't know what we're going to get and and that's nothing new for us. You know, we're expected, you know, we see different things every week. You know, you, something that you just can't game plan every single week, you're going to see something new. Um, so that's nothing new for us. I mean, going back into it, Avon, something that a lot of Maslin fans might not have noticed, but like you said, they're, they're a really good team. They've been a really good team. Um, I think I saw a stat that said they only lost 14 games in the last 10 years. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think that I saw that. Right. Doesn't mean it was true. It's true. 14 games in the last 10 years, that's that's not a lot of losing. Um, But they haven't been able to make that jump. They haven't been able to get to the state championship game, haven't been able to win a state championship game, You know, kind of like us the last couple of years. So you know they're going to be itching for it. Um, I know that I heard that they've had the same coaching staff together. For quite a while now. So they have a lot of systems in place. You know, their middle schoolers are coming up in the same system that, you know, they've been running for five, six, seven years now. So uh, I don't know if you've seen much about their defense that you can really dive into it um, in depth. But I mean, uh, I don't think they gave a lot of points last week, even with these injuries. um, Do you know much about, you know, what they run or, you know, what some of their strong points might be on defense?
3: right yeah they I, I know defensively and I run our scout team defense as well they, they're an odd stack defense um and obviously those of you who know odd stack know that that, that they want to bring pressure in different ways and put skies and kind of you know disguise different things and confuse an offense and, and they still they did that during their scrimmage and they still hold true to that uh to this date um you know but th- th- they run to the football. They're, they're disciplined kids. They're, You know, and I can't speak 100% for the offense, but, uh, you know, there's some different things we do in our game plan from week to week. I hear Coach Trox and Coach Mays talking about against an odd stack, and, you know, I'm sure you'll see some of those things this week. So
0: in the Booster Club meeting uh, on Monday, Coach Moore said, not the box, but – the pass distribution of the base coverage they run, it's very similar to us. How much does that help our offense? I know you're on the defensive side, Mm -hmm. but, you know, in like spring ball and early stuff, we go good on good, right? Right. So how much does that help our offense having – facing a team now that's similar to what we run?
3: Yeah, and and it it does help, especially how we set up our preseason – during camp, and we split our guys up evenly, black and white teams, and we don't make a good team or a, a JV team, per se. Uh, w- we mix up the talent level, and we just run our base stuff. And our, and our base stuff is good. And it's it's a, it's sound defense, similar to what, you know, what it gave on. They're, sound, they're, they're different than us, but they're a sound defense. They don't just do random stuff uh, like some of the other high school teams, you may say. So I, I would definitely say it, it helps. Uh, the offense, seeing you know, d- a too high structure, and there'll be times we give one high as well defensively, in in mixing coverages up for Longwell and control and those guys. So that that w- that definitely helps. Yeah, I,
2: I know that you know the odd stack isn't something that we normally run, um, but we've seen a lot of different teams play it. Uh, I know we've asked like Coach Mazer his take on it, on you know maybe why some teams do it. Um, just from your opinion. Why do you think a lot of teams are kind of going towards that and what might be an advantage and a disadvantage
3: yeah and I think you saw throughout kind of the 2000s era the spread offense start to to take way and I think teams just wanted to get better athletes on the field and and it was a way for teams to do that uh, may not have, have the team that may not have as many big guys up front may may go to a defense like this. In my opinion, I'm I've coached the odd stack. Actually my first year of coaching, I was a part of an odd stack defense. I don't think it's a defensive coordinator that I work for, or anything like that. I just I, I, I'm not a fan of it because it's to me it's not gap sound. And I'm a big believer and I know Coach McConnell Coach Hack, Coach Webb, all those guys, Coach Simon, we're believers in in having gap integrity. And you know our players knowing where they're supposed to fit, and sometimes in an odd stack, you got to send pressures different ways. Uh, and and it may it could be confusing to kids at times. Uh, where you know where 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 am I sending this pressure? And then if I'm sending this pressure here, I got to roll this way. Or you know where where's this safety's fit gonna be because this linebacker's blitzing, or, or are we gonna box? the ball because we're blitzing this where we're we gonna spill it. To me, that's it it's harder to coach that. Now there's guys that can do it and teams that can do it, but to me the whole ga- idea of gap integrity and and knowing my job every single play, uh, you, you may lose that in a defense like that. That's just my opinion though.
0: So, yeah, for um, Avon to be running the stack like they are now with a coaching staff that's been there like a decade or however long, they must be doing something right, you know. They run a little bit different. You see most stack teams running out of a a cover three match type deal. Like, uh, I think Austin Tom Fitch is the team always on our schedule like that, that they're the masters of that defense. But for them to be running what they are out of that stack, look, they have to have the coach has got to be really good at their jobs, and that's something you know. In week fourteen, that's they didn't they didn't just stumble into it. You know, the coaching is a big part of it. Like we saw with uh, Akron Hoban last week, that we heard a lot about. These kids are really talented, but they're also really co- really well coached too. And I think that's uh, talent level might not be as much there because something something recruiting. But Avon is also a really well coached team.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, they've had the same coaching staff there for a long time. So they've been able to get this, you know, system in place. We talked about how it might be a harder system to coach. But if you've been coaching it since they were, you know, young, that they're kind of used to it, the coaches are used to coaching it every single year, um, whether it's intentional or not, their defensive personnel kind of fits that system. So, you know, if you're just looking at their roster on paper, you A lot of people might say, "Hey, that sounds like a team that might run the odd stack." Um, You know, they didn't get there by accident, like you said. They've had a hard time getting past, you know, Hoban or the Final Four the last couple years. But they—they're getting a lot of these things in place. With that being said, this odd stack has been something that we've seen quite a bit, and we've had a lot of success against it offensively. You know, we've seen some teams you know kind of shy away from doing the stack against us i remember last year wadsworth wanted to come into the game they really wanted to stay true and we kind of abused them the first couple of plays first couple of drives and they had to abandon it um so i mean just in general as a defensive coach you can prepare a lot based off of what you've seen from the team all year but how much do you take into account what a team might change to be every single week just for you
3: yeah, you you have to go into each week uh, defensively, thinking, okay, here here here's what our game plan is. How are they going to react to it? What's what's going to be their adjustment? And and we try to, as a coaching staff, try to have uh, th- their thought process ready to go. And, and and we have a list, you know, every every week we say, okay, hey, th- once once we get into this to our overfront front. They're gonna start running this way. What's what's gonna be our adjustment? What's gonna be this, this, and this? Okay. So I mean, y- you have to go into each game knowing, I guess, what what their next move's gonna be. It's just chess match, you know. Uh, so I th- I think that's a big part of it. And and here's the thing though. You can't you can't overload the players with that information. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, okay, hey you know this is our game plan but if they keep doing this this and this we're gonna do this you, you may confuse the guys so you gotta you gotta be ready you gotta be confident in your game plan be ready to roll with your game plan going in to the game but just have those adjustments ready to roll and and know how you're gonna present it to the players half time or on the sidelines whatever the case may be
2: yeah i know when we've talked to the offensive coaches they've always said that they like to look in the mirror and say how would i beat myself mm-hmm. um so i assume that's something that you kind of figure out as well more maybe game plan towards the offense um but another thing that they said is they have just you know a memory bank of different defenses they've seen different looks they've seen throughout the years and with a more experienced team you're, you're able to look back quite a way. Um, is, since you don't want to overload the players up front, is that something you can do at halftime and say, "Hey, remember when Louisville did this?" Um, or is it just kind of more of a schematic drawn on the whiteboard and show the kids? No, you can. Like the offense? You
3: can definitely refer back to different things we've done throughout the year. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, w- watching tape of you know a, a team that may have have had some success. And, and something they did against us, and saying, okay, hey, I guarantee you they have this film, right? Because you got to assume that everybody we play has every game plan or every film of ours, especially since we're masculine. Um, you, you have to be ready to roll and say, okay, hey, they probably saw this film, so we got to have a plan for this if they try to attempt, especially if they have a similar type of offense or, you know, like say they gave a tight end. Uh, formation this game. And, and we know that Avon has potential to get into some tight end stuff. Uh, we have to be ready to roll. I and, mean, yeah, you, you can definitely try to simplify things for the kids, uh, you know, to make it relatable.
0: Not to get too into comparing offense to defense and using the offensive guys as, like, springboards for the questions, but I remember talking to uh, Kale about preparing for Hoban and – he said, "You know, we watched the last three, four games plus how they played against like offenses. Do you guys like try and see how they played against, uh, how teams played against similar defenses? And mm. is it, do you guys look at similar coverage, similar box structure, both, neither? How do you guys approach that?"
3: Yeah, absolutely. We when we watch film, we'll watch every film that we have and try to see different tendencies, formations, whatever the case may be. Uh, Personnel—that's a big thing for us—is seeing who they're bringing on the field for this certain formation. Um, but but yeah, we we definitely uh, we want to we want to be in the best. Uh, front that we could be in and i forget the question what was the question again? i'm sorry The <laughs>
0: teams um i forget the question now do you prepare for teams like oh yeah. watching film how they attack
3: yeah defense do you yeah think? absolutely so so yeah so we're we're you know we're a base under front uh we'll, we'll watch you know like a, a saint v or something like that to see how they you know Ran the ball, or what their blocking scheme was like, or 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 what their what they want to do pass pro wise to that to that front. Uh, that is definitely probably more helpful for us as a defense than looking at an odd stack, for example. You know, and similar for offense. You know, if if an offense turns on the film and they see that the the defense was defending the wing T the week before, probably not going to get much out of it. You know. I think Coach Shrox has talked about that before. You know, there may be a couple things, but, um, yeah, probably not going to get much out of some of that stuff. You want to look at similar type defenses.
2: Yeah, so one thing that um, we've got out of the offensive coaches and, you know, how they feel out a game, um, and even going back to last year when we interviewed Coach Jarvis, um, I remember him saying that if you had to pick one, it might be easier to adjust your defense than it is an offense. Is there ever a period of time where you're kind of feeling out a team early in the game to see, like like this this week? Are they gonna come out in the wildcat and base out of that? Or are they gonna base out of you know their base offense? Um, do you ever just kind of go out there and just run your base stuff and feel out a team and adjust as you
1: go?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And again, and and that's that kind of fits us defensively. We're a base we're a base defense anyways. Uh so so that definitely helps the cause. We don't just go out there uh guns ablaze and saying we're gonna blitz right off the rip for no reason whatsoever. And there's some defenses that do do that. Um but yeah, you you wanna see what they're gonna give us, uh formation wise at first and, and there's always gonna be some wrinkle that an offense gives us that we have to be ready to adjust to that we haven't seen on film, you know. You know, Hovind gave us some things. We had all, you know, we had all their games and we watched all the films. And, you know, they gave us something we hadn't seen. We had to adjust to it. And and we anticipate that going into it.
2: One thing that uh, has really emerged as of lately is, um, you know, we didn't do it early in the season. Andrew Wilson Lamp playing some defense um, and, you know, getting reps, you know, most of the weeks that that I can re- remember since McKinley, um, with our defensive backfield in general, mainly our you know our corners, we've been rotating a lot of guys. Is there a rhyme or reason as to maybe matchups or down a distance, Are we just kind of feel different players out, ride the hot hand at corner? Um, you know what's going on there with our corners?
3: Yeah, there, there's a couple different things we do uh, in the back end. Uh, n- number one, prop. I guess I would say it's personnel. What per- personnel the offense is bringing on the field. Is it going to be a more heavy run type set? Or are they going to get uh, double tight ends? Uh, 32 personnel, three backs, two tight ends. Uh, obviously, we don't want a uh, DB type body in there. We want to maybe bring in a safety guy or a hybrid type guy uh, to help stop the run. Um, and then at the same time, man, we want to get our best football players on the field at times especially against a a good team like akron holman or you saw it in the mckinley game mckinley is a good football team this year um it, and i think what you see is just us saying okay you know what it's crunch time uh we got to get this done we're gonna put our best football players on the field and and andrew wilson Lant, man he's He's a heck of a wide receiver, and he could play a little bit of corner as well. Uh, and, and we know that Akron Open has some athletes, and, and we really liked uh, Lamp in some you know different situations, matchup wise on on their guys.
0: Kind of in the vein of uh, of coming up, adjusting on the fly. Um, do you ever get like in a situation where? It's, you, you feel like an offense has a beat on what you want to do defensively, and they're trying to attack that. Because I know that first touchdown that Hoban had when they ran out of that the, they, that deep pass to Fox out of the nub trips. I watched it, watched it, watched it again, watched it one more time. And it, it seemed like that they purposely put him there to get that matchup on Hodges because they kind of expected what coverage we were going to have out of it. And without getting too in the weeds, is do you guys ever do you see that much like specifically attacking certain yeah. players and how much like leeway is there in our structure for you to adjust to that
3: yeah and here's the thing they they're a good football team right they have good coaches on their staff and there's other good coaches that we face they watch film too you know what i mean they, they see what we do and here and here's the thing and i talk with the offensive coaches about this all the time we're Drawing stuff up on the board At the end of the day uh, You know people gotta remember Offense always has the marker last You know what I mean So defensively You know there's always going to be something uh, That I guess Is is not the best Situation For us to be in On this particular play um, So yes Obviously if something like that does happen And they exploit us then we better make an adjustment or else they're probably going to keep going back to something like that. And, I, and I, th- I think the the formation you were talking about, we did have, you know, we adjusted to that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, like most anything else we talk about, we made that in-game adjustment mm-hmm. well. And yep. you, s- I don't recall seeing them attacking that it, the same way they could for the rest of the game. Um, I, I'm kind of uh, – at the bottom of my football talking tank, well, whatever you want to call it. Rob, you got anything else left in you? I I guess one last question, you know, just because the opposite
2: of what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas an offense might try to find, you know, a weakness in a defense or a coverage, a formation. Um, I know we run a lot of base, but do you? how much do you look at the personnel of the offense or maybe some formations that they run? You might say, hey, we're a base, but... They might have a weakness here or a bad tendency here. I mean, how much will that affect your play calling?
3: Oh, it definitely affects our play calling. And personnel, number one, would affect what bodies we want on the field. Uh, in That particular situation, um, what call we want to make, what front we want to be in. I mean, we, we we dig deep into that stuff every uh, Saturday and Sunday. And, and again, yeah, yes, we we do run a base defense. We want to bring pressure, but we're not just. We're, again, we're not just one of those defenses to to blitz just to say we blitz. There's gonna be a rhyme or a reason, you know. Uh, like I said before, on some of the the blitzing downs against Holman and against. Uh, warn you know we'll look at the hash is there a hash tendency um and if it's that particular moment on that particular down yeah we may we may do something um i guess a little different um but we we want to be in position to do all of our normal things um And not, I guess, go too far out on a limb. Um, We still want to stay within our structure when we do those things.
0: That's awesome to hear. And, uh, Rob, you look like you're done. I know I'm done. Just have two questions left for you, Spence. Yeah. I'll let Rob ask the uh, second question, our standard send-off, you know. Uh, But first, my question. What song do you play the team getting them hyped up as you're giving your pregame speech right before they run out of the tunnel to go beat Avon? Oh, man.
3: I'm a a Metallica guy. I I would play something Metallica. I know there was a couple uh, practices this year where I don't know who. I think it was Stu's ipad or ipod or that you call it iphone and uh <laughs> i can't stand i can't stand some of the music we listen to <laughs> the kids listen to this day it's like they're just it's a it's like too uh too soft for a practice and the, the kids like it but when, when Stu puts on that metallica man and it's and it's inside run and there's just bodies flying everywhere i mean that gets me pretty juiced up I, i'd have to say something Something with Metallica. Something with Metallica,
0: okay. Yeah. I, All right, Grandpa, I sound like I a, yeah, I sound like a, I'm really days. showing my uh, yeah.
3: my meathead head <laughs> You'd never <side>. guess, <laughs> never guess this
2: guy's <laughs> under 30.
3: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> old soul, and I mean
2: old. It's not a bad answer, though, so. No,
3: no. Um,
2: I mean, yeah, if you're going to get pumped up for a game, it's, it's got to be pumped, you, man, put, pumped up. I'm telling you, man, put
3: Metallica on during an inside run period and, <sighs> Man, you get it's different. The kids may not say it, but they're they're juiced up. It it's different. Yeah, it's sick. If, if you need to scouting and over running again. back
0: for inside run and you know, got a l- large helmet and a number 62 jersey, you <laughs> want to put it running back. As long as metallic's on, I got your three yards. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Three <laughs> so you three got a couple
3: arms. plays yep. left in you. The- <laughs> I got a couple.
2: All right, so the last question, which. I thought we were going to do this backwards. I wasn't ready for this one. Um, usually, Hank asks this question since it's Hank's question.
0: It's your question. I just tend to ask it. This this All right, is a hold question. On. We might
2: we <laughs> might be miscommunication somewhere.
0: You came up. I never asked. I never came up with this question. This is your question.
2: Okay, we're going to go with that on air. And then we got something to talk about after this is over, alright?
0: Listen, I promise I never came up with this question. All right.
2: I, well, man. I guess I did. Unless
0: it's a different question.
2: Great question for you. We ask everybody. And everybody said the same answer so far, unfortunately.
0: Except for Morgan. He was actually the most receptive to it. I mean, there are some people out there that
2: you know.
3: Thanks for listening are good to your people. own podcast. They're good people, all right? <laughs> He is a good guy, man, oh, Dave. Dave Lee Morgan.
2: Great so the guy. the question for you is, is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Yes. yes. Yes?
0: Yes. I'm at a loss here. This is our first
3: outright yes. Is a a, a, is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Yeah, is yeah. it a ravioli? It's yeah. stuffed with uh, whatever the heck that stuff is. It's got a filly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, filled it's, with a filling. Yeah, it's got it's filling. It's a dough filled with a filling. Yeah. I would, sealed. I would so, argue yes. It would be considered a ravioli. Okay. This I, is... I, we're just going to take that and run. Yeah. That's, it, that's, am, am I one of the only people that said that? No. You are the only person. You are There right, we go. See? Yeah. Normally, I have to
0: sit here one. on a hill and argue why it is. Oh, it makes just sense. Just for the sake of it, but...
3: Oh,
2: yeah. Absolutely. A, I, d- yeah. I mean, why not? It's shaped like one. Yeah. It's imprinted around the edges.
0: It's, it is sealed. It's cooked like one. It it is by not the letter of the law, but by a loose definition of the law, it's it's a ravioli.
2: Yeah. I, I like this. This went well.
0: Yes. This went incredible. <laughs> this credible. is good. This yes. is good. All right. This is this awesome. is right. This is right. All
2: right. Yeah. This is this is gonna be good juju.
0: Yes, good yeah. juju. Heading right. into uh heading into Avon. So we'll see everybody uh you know, Tiger Town, all up at uh, Parma, Byersfield. Yes.
3: Need everyone up there, man. Need everyone to travel up there. Yeah,
0: you know. And if uh, if you're afraid of the stairs up there, go to the gym, hit the stair step machine, get yourself in shape for it, and uh, go, Tigers. Beat Avon. Beat Avon.
3: Go, Tigers. Thanks, guys.